0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Unit Editions podcast. I'm Liv Siddle and I'm here with Adrian Shaughnessy to talk about a slightly forgotten but beloved artifact, maybe even a pillar of the typography world, letraset. Um, hi, Adrian.
1: Hello, Liv. Hi. Let's yeah, let's talk about that forgotten pillar, yeah. set.
0: I'm really pleased you asked me to do this podcast with you because letraset is something that I've been always curious and slightly mystified about, and I just I can't wait to learn more about it. Um, and I know that's kind of it, the reason we're doing this is because it's in time for. Um, the release of a book that you've just made. Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh,
1: the book, the and book. then we can yeah. talk
0: about Leptoset in more detail?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the book is the book has actually been out for I think about a year now, and but Unit Editions, um, this tiny little independent publishing uh, house that I'm one of the three founders of, uh, we're celebrating ten years. We've been, we've been going for ten years, uh, and as a as a special gift to all our our beloved um, followers and people who buy our books, we're doing some celebratory discounts and so the book is going to be uh, it's actually actually available now at uh, I think it's almost half price so um, ah. it's uh, birthday bargain birthday bargain yeah yeah <laughs> so we hope people will be um, will be happy with that
0: excellent well I suppose we can talk a little bit about the book um, or in more detail at the end of the podcast yeah. but I suppose i I just can't wait to start talking about lecture set because it's it's such a huge part of design that, I, I mean, it's, it's not really part of designers' worlds well now necessarily, mm. but people have such a kind of strong love for it. And I think a lot of people would love to to hear more about it. And I think you're probably something of an expert on this now. Am I right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, an expert, yeah. I'm, I'm just a, another fanboy. I I, I I think letter set's a wonderful thing, um, partly because I'm of the generation that actually used it. And what that means is I was part of the pre-digital generation. So when I started, graphic design, typography was a manual process. You made your artwork by your uh, hand. And one of the problems back then, pre-digital, pre-computer, was if you wanted typesetting, you had to go to a typesetter. And typesetters were highly organized, highly disciplined. Actually, most of them were, were brilliant in the technical sense and in the, in, in the art, artistic sense, too. You, when you got typesetting from a typesetter, it was immaculate. And what you did as the designer, you pasted it down. They followed your instructions, and they sent you the typesetting. The problem was it was sodding expensive. <laughs> oh, God. And if you as the designer specified it wrongly, you had to send it back and have it redone, and then you would get clobbered. So suddenly. There was this funny stuff, rub down lettering, uh, excellent typographic quality where you could do a lot of it, not all, not all typesetting, but uh, you, you, for instance, letter set isn't really very good, wasn't very good for body copy. So mm. if you, were, you wouldn't letter set a novel or a, even a magazine article, but what you could do was you could letter set, use letter set for the headlines. And that's really where its value lay, this ability to use really interesting typefaces. We we'll perhaps talk about that a bit later because that's a whole other aspect of it. But people would, would do, you, you could make fabulous typographic assemblages using Letroset. Do you remember your first
0: interaction with Leptoset, or, or when you first became aware of its existence? Mm-hmm.
1: I actually, I do. I do. I was going to say I don't, but I actually do. And like a lot of people, and maybe again, this is something we'll come back to, but like a lot of people, uh, a lot of designers, particularly anybody, I suppose, over 40, maybe. Any graphic designers over 40? And there are some, I promise you. <laughs> um, any graphic it might well have been their first introduction to typography. And it, and it almost was for me. I'd... I'd kind of made a decision that I wanted to do graphic design, but I still didn't know what that meant. Mm. I, was, I was into music. I kind of worked out that I wouldn't, I couldn't become a pop star, but maybe I could be, Maybe I could make the record covers. So I had this vague, and I had an interest in, in in the lettering that was used, the letter forms that were used on record covers. And my dad, and I never to this day don't know why or how, but he brought he brought me home, came home from work one night, and he just handed me a Letette catalog. Wow, one of those beautiful landscape catalogs with the spiral band. Uh and i just I just became besotted with this thing and it, and it because Letterset, because Letterset is actually typographically really sophisticated it it gave me a kind of Crash course into it, well, not a not crash course, it gave me a really strong insight into what typography might be. So it wasn't the only thing, but it was one of the major kind of landmarks on the way for, to me to becoming a graphic designer. And I know, and it's, we've got a few of them in the book, I know for other people, particularly uh, someone who stands out is Andy Stevens from Graphic Thought Facility, you know, re- really well respected design group. Andy started his career in graphic design before he went to art school, letter-setting the home taping that he did. So he'd get his cassettes, he'd home tape off the radio, and then he'd laboriously letter-set really? the titles. And lots of people did that. That was really, really common. <laughs> so uh, I think for a lot of people it was, as it was for me, a kind of important staging point on the on the journey.
0: This catalogue that you talk about, yeah. was it... Can you explain what the catalogue is and all was or did?
1: The the catalogue is a really fundamental aspect of LetterSet, the LetterSet experience. You can go onto eBay now and buy them, they're quite cheap, but they are wonderful, wonderful things. And they're maybe the first thing to say is that they're immaculate pieces of design themselves. And um, a name that a lot of people will know Eric Speakerman. Uh, Eric actually uh, told me, he actually told me this after I. done the book, which is a bit (laughs) annoying. But he worked on the the graphic design of the catalogs. And if you look at them, they are, as I said, they're brilliant examples of information design. Anyway, the catalog is is just like, you know, any catalog, supplier's catalog. It is your guide to the typefaces that are available. So you can look at it, you can see the typeface that you want, uh, and then you just go to the art shop the art supply shop uh, and you and you and you and you get the sheet of letter set which has those characters on it in a particular point size so you would use the catalog as your way of selecting a, 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 an appropriate um typeface but the great thing about letter set was you could go to the corner shop and buy news at wh smith which for british listeners will will might need some explaining <laughs> but every high street in britain had a a, a news agent called wh smith and they sold there. so you could go in there and you could buy a sheet of Franklin Gothic or uh, you know some of the more exotic ones like shatter, and you could go home and go back to your studio or whatever, and you you could use it so or it took you know it was instant and, and funny enough, they used that phrase instant lettering yeah uh, and as long as you had it in your hand, it really it really was instant, so the catalog was just essential. maybe the last thing to say about the catalogs is. <laughs> They also showed, Electroset uh, didn't just do rubdown down typefaces. They also did a range of products. Um, they were very popular. In fact, somebody I interviewed for the book said that the highest sales were actually from architects and engineers because they also did sheets of symbols. So you could get electrical circuitry symbols or architectural symbols. uh, And it was as widely used by, well, he actually said more widely used by them rather than just graphic designers. Wow. But there was a, I think there was a, I found a statistic which might just be worth, might just be worth reading that just to say, just to show you how successful um, Lettricet was. Someone who wrote in iMagazine ages ago, an article about She she said, by 1963, Letraset had distributors in 70 countries and had floated on the London stock market. The following year, annual sales increased to 750,000 pounds, a hefty figure by the standards of the day, and some 75% of production was exported. The company received the first of two Queen's Awards for exports in 66, and by 1974, which I think 1974 was kind of the high watermark for Letraset, maybe a little bit later, uh, by 1974, Letraset's international sales had climbed to um, 16 million pounds. And by 78, which, I, yeah, 78 is probably the high watermark, 46 million. So in 1978, 46 million pounds of Letraset was sold ar- no. around the world. Um,
0: I can't even begin to yeah, imagine. Yeah, that's, that's staggering.
1: But I think it, it shows that it went beyond graphic design. I think it went to... And it used to be the case that you'd go into any graphic design studio and they would have a... Uh, piles of letter set and you had to you had to look after it because if it got dry if it dried out it was not it was didn't Apply, you couldn't apply yes, it very well. Yes, I've experienced well. that. Yeah, most, <laughs> most people have. So Terrible. you you often had to kind of constantly replenish the the, the 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 supply.
0: So, as say, if you were growing up around then, and you just sort of were in the corner shop, and you were sort of you know twelve years old or something, and you wanted to experiment with this stuff, how much? What was the kind of price point on a on a packet of
1: letter yeah, set back trying, then? Funnily enough, I was trying to remember the. It was quite expensive. I, I, I think a sheet was something like. I, uh, a sheet of the of the sort of more expensive, because there was two levels. There was a there was basic letter set, and then there was something called Graphica, which we we might want to just touch on a bit later. Um, the I, it was something like eight or nine quid, which mm. I think today might be something like thirty quid or something. I mean, you had to be careful with it if you were, you know, if you were a big studio, and you know, it was nothing. And it was the other thing to remember, as I've said already it was much cheaper than, than, than typesetting, Yeah, you know, really much cheaper. But I, 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 I spoke to a couple, when I was doing the book, I spoke to a couple of people who said, oh, you know, I couldn't even afford it. And those are people doing kind of punk sleeves and fanzines and stuff. So it wasn't that it was ultra cheap, but it was, a, it was affordable. And, and most people, certainly most studios could afford to have a, a really good supply.
0: Do you know where and how it was, it was made? Who yeah. who, who kind of invented Lettracelle? Yeah,
1: that, that, that's a good question. Um, well, it, it started in... uh this is, <laughs> this gets, oh, it gets a bit nerdy, but... Um, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's fine, yeah. This is typography <laughs> after all. Um, in, um, it was two guys, uh, Di Davis and Fred McKenzie, and they were kind of... I think one of them was a typographer and the other one was a sort of print industry guy they invented in the late 50s 58 59 they invented a wet system okay so you could it's the same idea you rub down individual letters to make words but they it it, it used liquid used water oh. so it was cumbersome it was slow i've seen the systems that, that they were they were just horrendous in
0: what way would it use water sorry so you
1: you'd... you'd have to wet the letter so oh, you'd okay. stick down a wet letter and and then it would i know oh i oh know don't <laughs> let's, let's let's just move on because they did, they did.
0: So when you're applying it to paper the paper yeah, gets yeah. wet. Yeah, it
1: was yeah. You, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. yeah. It, so it was it wasn't going to last. So they very quickly uh in and I think 90s, by 1960 they developed what we know as set today, the dry system. So you get a sheet of paper and you can rub the letter you get a ballpoint pen or let's actually made what they called um a rubbed up burnisher you get a burnisher but most people just used a ballpoint pen biro and you would rub down the letter. you could apply it to any surface most people put it onto paper or board but you could put it on the wall or any surface that it would stick to so they suddenly had this product and what they did and why letterset I think today is still important why it's still worthy of our attention is that they the typefaces were when they converted them to letterset they did it with the utmost care and precision. And the way they did it, I'll just briefly describe it, but various people, including some people who've become quite well known, various people would cut the letter forms out of something called rubolith. And rubolith was a a thin, thin red film, I mean micron thin, Uh, and they, with a blade, and they would all make their own knives. They would cut these letter forms. By hand? Yeah, yeah, to absolute perfection. So they, when they launched, they launched with the classic typefaces, Times, Helvetica, Universe. So they would copy those. But actually what they did in most cases, they actually improved them. They actually just, by taking the tiniest slivers off, they, they actually improved them. And there's an interesting guy who I interview extensively in the book, a guy called Dan Rattigan, who's a very well-known typographer and man about the type scene, uh, he says that, that Letrasets Helvetica is, if not the best, but one of the best versions you can get because it's done so sensitively. So they would make these, these were like masters, they were like master tapes and then they would be sent, they'd be photographed and screen printed onto the sheets to make, to make the rub down letters. So, it's just really important for anybody looking at letter set to understand how technically, aesthetically and typographically brilliant they were. Because these are, you know, so so it, it, what it means is that if you use letter set, you were, you were using professional grade letter forms, typefaces. It wasn't some kind of amateurish or anybody could use it. Anybody could use it. You know, the vicar could use it to make the, you know, the annual fate flyer. I mean, no problem <laughs> yeah. at all. But at least the vicar would be using perfectly, letter forms with with integrity, the typographic integrity. And and that's for me why letter set is is so great. Then in the the 70s, they realized that up up until that point, they'd used classic typefaces. So if you wanted Clarendon or Universe or whatever, you got it from, you, you, you got the letter set version. But they also realised they could make their own typefaces, and that's one of the things that people really love about Letter In fact, I've just asked about uh, eight designers. I've just put it on the unit website: eight designers to name their favourite Letter Oh, typeface. really? And everybody's chosen, you know, the wildest, wackiest uh, typeface.
0: So, who was designing those? Was it the two founders who were just kind of?
1: No, no. They they had a they they had a they quickly built a studio.
0: Whereabouts for it? Uh,
1: the studio was funny. Well, it started in Waterloo, just near, oh. near the station. Uh, and then they moved out to, when they got really big, they moved out to a factory in Ashford, in Kent. Um, in fact, we went there and it's deserted. It's like some sort of Russian ghost town or something. But wow. we thought we'd get some nice photographs, but oh, it's just. just, just, <laughs> just, just. Because, and um, you know, this is a little bit further down the story, but of course, Bletroset died when the computer came in. But um, they. They used absolutely top um, type designers of of the day.
0: And was it quite um, uh, quite a a thing to be a letter set designer? It was, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And the really interesting thing was I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but they developed another range, this upmarket range called LetroGraphica. Yes, and what's that? Okay, LetroGraphica is LetroSet owned, LetroSet commissioned special typefaces. So when they were launched, they were pretty much, all of them were only available on Letroset. And they set up, they were making so much money that they set up a uh, kind of advisory board who would come to London, spend a week staying at the Dorchester and, you know, no expense spared, fly in first class. And and people like uh, Herb Lubalin, Lou Dorfman, Armin Hoffman. I mean, these are absolute giants. Uh, Roger Escafon, who's the sort of giant of French typography. Uh, who else? No, anyway, these apps. Oh, Derek Birdsell, the uh, British, wonderful British typographer. They would fly these people in and they'd spend a week choosing typefaces. And, wow. ch- and they just chose these wonderful typefaces, which people still love to this day. Uh, but it, again, it was another indication of the sort of obsession with quality. It it wasn't although it, although it was democratizing typography. It wasn't down marketing it. It mm. was it was wasn't dragging it down market. It was telling people that this is what excellence in letter forms in typography is.
0: I I just really love the idea that it's it was so it was such open access. I mean, a, yeah. apart from maybe the slightly high price point. The idea that you would get the local vicar or yeah. or someone making posters with this thing and you have the top designers in the world using, I mean, a bit of the whole Andy Warhol Coca-Cola theory yeah. about, you know, everyone drinks it. It's the same as Leptoset, it's like yeah. everyone was using it. Yeah. And yeah. I think now, you know, like maybe about 20 years ago, you might have um, local vicars making posters on Microsoft Word yeah, with yeah, Clipart yeah. and, yeah. and Word art, and that yeah, yeah, will, you know, yeah, that will end yeah. up looking yeah. of an era yeah. because it's just what's available to you. Yeah, yeah. And
1: we, we, we mustn't knock Vickers too much, but oh no, 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 no! <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm
0: fantastic designer. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah um, I know what you mean.
0: But I kind of, as well, like what I really, what I'm so fascinated about is is how that kind of bled into the kind of DIY culture of the time, yeah, especially yeah. in the kind of in the '70s and the punk time. Yeah, you mentioned the zines. Yeah, yeah. Um, is I think is the magic thing about it that it was put into the hands of those who wouldn't necessarily have tried their hand at graphic design. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean. That is that that's it in a nutshell and it's interesting that it coincided exactly as you say with the indie music scene and if you look at any kind of and we've got we've got it in the book, if you look at any kind of articles on letter set there's two sleeves, two record covers that they always always use one was the human league's being boiled it's so a twelve inch um what's
0: on the cover of that
1: it's uh I think it's a typeface called I've, I'm doing it from memory. I think it's a typeface called Eurostyle. Some type person will shout me down on that. But (laughs) But what is definitely on there is one of the things Letraset did was they made clip art, just exactly as you said, which became computerized, obviously. And they made these actually beautifully drawn, but quite comical couples dancing. And you would be able to get business people and, you know, guys with briefcases and stuff, but all drawn and actually really well drawn. Uh, but we look at them now we just laugh because so the human league steve (laughs) is is um the the human league being boiled and then this hideous couple um you know being ultra cool for 1970 whatever it was no probably be a bit later anyway um but the other and so people always cite that as being sort of spectacular use of, of letroset but also remembering that letroset was more than just letters they 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 made um as i said these figures and and also pictures kind of yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. sort yeah. of line
0: drawing pictures yeah exactly that, they looked a little bit like um sort of girl's own exactly. annual kind like, of like,
1: vibe like jackie or one of those yeah. classic magazines which actually when you look at them now they're actually beautifully drawn i mean they used yeah. really good people to draw them it's just that well we all know what they were so the other one that everybody holds up is one by a friend of mine a wonderful guy called daniel miller and Daniel Miller started Mute Records. And if you it, when he talks about making his first record, which was, which was Warm Leatherette, a double A-side single, came out on Rough Trade, double A-side single, um, Warm Leatherette and T V O D. Uh, he designed the cover in retroset simply because he wouldn't know, he didn't know how else you did a cover. Yeah. <laughs> and so he'd made this record himself, and he thought, well, I might as well do the cover as well. And it's always held up as being a kind of classic of of a DIY music because he did everything. He played on it, produced it, pressed the record himself. Uh, And he also did the cover. So there's hundreds of examples like that where people suddenly had the ability, everybody from the vicar to the the latest sort of techno industrial music producer, maker, um, everybody had the ability to do it. And there's a kind of, there's no question, there's a kind of glamour, re- retro glamour to it all now. But it, again, it was, it was good because they used good typefaces and, and the clip art, although we kind of laugh at it now, it was still really well done.
0: I suppose if you're going to make a collage um, and you're cutting up uh, like an, an amazing magazine full of great photographs, it's going to be yeah. a good collage. Same with set, yeah. Like if you if if the tools yeah. you're working with are of such high quality, it's always going to look good. Exactly. And I remember yeah. experimenting with Leptoset when I was a teenager. I actually found it in a car boot sale and didn't yeah. know what it was. And I took it home and I loved collages yeah. and and making things like cut up magazines and did all that stuff that you do as a teenager. And and I just remember sort of putting it down on on white paper and it just anything I added yeah. to it always looked great yeah, because it's beautiful, beautiful designed typography that it's just you can't really fail and it must have been so and it was great for me but it must have been so nice for everyone to kind of just try their hand at, at this and understand lettering more and kind yeah. of appreciate lettering well, more that,
1: that's absolutely right and and what um just to sort of carry on exactly from that point was as I mentioned at the beginning that if you wanted let, lettering typesetting you had to go to a typesetter and they would follow your instructions and actually most of them just they didn't want to do anything that was kind of You know, adventurous or uh, uh, in any way sort of outrageous. But suddenly, when you had this, when you had those letters in your hand, just as you described, when you had, you could overlap them. Yeah, you could, you could chop bits out of them. And Andy Stevens says an interesting thing. He said that when he was doing his cassettes, his homemade cassettes. Uh, he'd always run out. You, the other, you would always run out of letters. That, like that yeah, you always <laughs> run out. Usually vowels, you'd always run out of letters. And so he said, you know, he he did that classic thing of he'd he needed a B a capital B, so he would rub down an a, an eight numeral yes, eight yeah. and chop it in half, and there he had his. So I think it allowed um, people to experiment and to and so in that sense, going back to your original point about it being a pillar, it it, it was in a way because. It was the first time that, not the only time, because you had things like psychedelic lettering and and dada and and um uh you know things like um uh what's it called? Um concrete poetry where mm. people would 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 make shapes out of letters and, and and sentences and things. But again, that was pretty much in the hands of artists and professional people. So you could do it yourself. So it, it did move typography on, it did actually open up and good example is, uh, talking about sort of music examples, is Malcolm Garrett's Buzzcocks. Yes, his sleeve. logo. The logo for Buzzcocks. Yeah. That's, that's, he calls it, I think, tampered with compactor. And compactor is a classic uh, letter set typeface. It was actually the first typeface they commissioned, the letter set commissioned. So they it was the 1st set Letroset-owned typeface designed by a man called Fred Lambert. He, was, he used to teach at um, what is now LCC. But if you, if you think, if anybody who knows the Buzzcocks logo knows that the Zs are kind of staggered, if you asked a typesetter to do that, you'd probably have to send it back three or four times because yeah. they, they wouldn't want to do it. Um, but Malcolm could sit with his letter set and his blade and chop it around. And that's how you, you could get things like that. So there's no question that it, it had a it sort of pushed typographic expression. On. No, yeah, no, no question.
0: I can only imagine the feeling of, and well, I suppose it's it is similar now if you go on InDesign and, and you've got, for instance, like a, a double page spread of a magazine, you've got a bit of copy at the bottom, which is going to be the stand first of the article, and then you've got the rest of the spread to play with, and you can just throw these big letter forms in. And were there magazines sort of coming out around that time that had obviously been affected no. aesthetically by the introduction of set? Yes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Because Again, now as you say, you can you can do all that. You can use Illustrator and you can use InDesign and you could make all these things happen. But before that, you couldn't. You would have to, as I said, either get your typesetter to do it or do it yourself. So you can see lots of examples, and there's quite a few in the book, of people who were using set in a way that uh, can is easily done now in in um, in digital formats. But then was I mean, for instance, early Private Eye. If you look at early 60s copies of Private private Eye that you, you can see set everywhere it's all over the place um I'm trying to think what else Malcolm actually and we've got them in the book Malcolm actually did a whole magazine I can't remember what it was called now it was, a, it was a kind of short-lived music and style magazine kind of sort of similar era well same era as The Face uh, and he just he just used set like he was you know i'd gone crazy just mixing typefaces mixing sizes and in, in fact one i think the editor one day said to him oh it looks like you've just emptied your letter set cabinet and malcolm said yes i did so <laughs> it was you know it, 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 you had that freedom though you could you could do it maybe one other thing just to mention is one of the other things that in researching it i i came across quite a few artists who'd used letter set. and the most interesting example was um Francis Bacon of all people. And there's a famous triptych, I can't remember what it's called, it's in the book, uh, famous triptych of one of his kind of meat figures, you know, I think, yeah. it's, I think it's got a severed head or something. One great bacon piece of kind of classic, classic bacon, <laughs> you know, brutal art. And um, on, lying on the floor is a crumpled newspaper. And in order to fake the lettering he used Letter Set. Wow. And um, you don't notice it because it's almost kind of subliminal, but um, when you look closely, you realize it's Letter Set. And I think people like, and I couldn't, people like Barbara Kruger, I, mm. quite a few artists who use lettering and typography in their art. I, Barbara Kruger used um, Letter Set. Andy Warhol, uh, I can't remember where he used it now, but Warhol you definitely used Letter Set. And weirdly, we've found, um, while we were doing the book, we found that there's some kind of really young, super trendy people actually f- using it, physically making, not so much using old sheets of letter set, but actually going back to making their own rubbed down sheets. Really? Yeah, yeah. There's, a, uh, there's a really cool magazine called Slanted, which is um, kind of avant-garde c- contemporary graphic design. And we found a guy in there who, um, and it, you, you, you could do it on the computer, but he doesn't. He actually makes, he, he, you can still get, although LetterSet has long since gone out of business, you can still get made, custom-made uh, rubbed-down letters. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can still do it.
0: What's, what's that? Well. What's it made of? Is it, uh, kind of I, I thought it would be patented a bit like Post-it glue. It's like, yeah,
1: a secret. No, I don't think it's secret. I, 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 that the, there are quite a few letters had some competition, letters had some competitors. Mm. Uh, there's the, the there was um a French one, uh, its name's name escapes me at the moment, but um, there were an in America there was something called Chart Pack, so it's it, not I, as good I, a name, is it? No, it's not. A good <laughs> name. Zip, I think another zip art or something, anyway. the... The, but uh, interestingly again when you look at those the, the, the crap names but also crap lettering i mean they 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 weren't good mechanorma was the french one that mechanorma was pretty good um, so i think it's it's just something that that uh, anybody can use i don't i don't think it's it's uh, the, the process is i don't think the process is copyright and cuz what people would, would do was they would send logos in uh, and letroseq would make sheets of logos of your logo so, oh, that, really? so that you could just rub it down. So big big corporations would would make their own rub-down sheets of ah. customised letter set, customised letter set.
0: So it's so endlessly useful. Yeah. I think I think a big part of it as well, and I'm sure this is why this young trendy guy is yeah. making it as well now, that... When you're using ElectroCet and, and, you and you do that, what's it called, the, the blobber that you use to the, well, the rubber? Well,
1: yeah, you can use anything that's, that won't.
0: But there was a special the, wooden the, there's spatula. The,
1: there's, yeah, it's a burnisher.
0: A burnisher. Yeah, when yeah. you use that and then yeah. you, you peel back the, the, yeah. the, the paper yeah. and see it emerging, oh, yeah. there's something yeah. so satisfying about that. It's a bit like when you peel the plastic off the front of a new iPhone. Yeah. It's, it's that very kind of yeah. carnal instinct of yeah. sort of, ooh, And I think that everything about Letraset is just so pleasurable, like the the aesthetic of the packaging, the way you use it, the creativity at your disposal, the kind of the abundance of it, the range of it, everything's just so attractive. And I think it's like a kind of perfect business model to make something that is just endlessly fascinating and endlessly. There's there's so many variables. You could just keep designing type, keep designing images and keep going. So off the back of that, Mm. how did it sort of gradually start its demise?
1: Well, our old friend the the Apple Mac came along, and ah. um, Electroset tried some interesting kind of attempts to keep it going. They tried to digitize, so that because they owned these great typefaces, mm. but they just they just didn't have the uh, skill or the vision to to survive, and it just ground to a, to a halt.
0: That's quite um, quite surprising, considering they yeah. must have had a lot of money and they had a huge staff, yeah. and and they did seem to be kind of at the, the top of their game. I, I I'm surprised that they didn't sort of Ride the wave into digital yeah.
1: they tried, and I interviewed some people and this is all in the book, interviewed some people who were involved in 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 trying to take it into the digital era. I just don't think there was the i mean no one knew how that would go anyway i mean we no. it seems obvious now that when the first Macintosh came along but but I remember I had designer friends who who i mean my studio we adopted it pretty quickly, although not that quickly i mean Malcolm. Malcolm Garrett was the first designer I knew who had one. We we were pretty early on, but I had friends who who were still doing everything manually, and they said, "Well, why are you doing it? Why are you doing it with a computer?" So, it, even then, at that point, when Letraset kind of lost the plot, no one actually knew that this computerized thing would would take over. Yeah. So it's, it, it's it's not entirely surprising, but it is a bit odd. And and they did to their credit, they tried to digitize. They set up various companies offering digital uh versions of their typeface and they they tried but in the end it just you know why would you why would you use letter set when uh you know you, you've got a library of typefaces on your macintosh and yeah got, you know so it's i can't understand but but your point about the pleasure of applying it i think that's that still applies and i think there's an interesting guy called a very good designer called eric brandt american designer and i interviewed him and he uses it he's uh quite a well-known uh, teacher of design, typographic type teacher. And he uses a letter set with his students. He makes them y- use it. Well,
0: that's so, great. Yeah,
1: for the reasons you, exactly what you say, to, to get back to that tactile sense that you're they're yeah. dealing with real forms here, you know, because it's easy to be seduced by the screen. Everything's flat. Everything's instant. But actually, you know, you're dealing with, you're dealing with these letter forms, which are, elemental you know they're, they're they're part of our um you know they're in our psyches so so why not actually deal with them in a tactile you know manual way
0: yeah and i think as well especially for students typo, typographical students or graphic design students or, or whatever uh, when they're using InDesign, as we all know or, or, or whatever program to yeah. design with and you can kind of, you know, you can type ABC and then highlight it and then scroll mm. through the the thousands mm. of type of typefaces and just pick one that looks nice. Fine. Mm. I mean, amazing that that's even possible. Yeah. Yeah. But there was something about even when I wasn't even that interested in type and I was using it as a teenager, just playing about with it. I can still remember the names of the typefaces, mm. what it, what they look like, what they look like in bold, what the letter forms are like, because you, you are quite literally staring at it and rubbing it. And so it just kind of gets burnt into your memory. So... Do you think there is a concern that design students now are maybe not, unless they're being forced to use letter set yeah. by their tutor, which I completely yeah. think is great? Do you think there is a kind of a danger that it isn't the same relationship with letter forms that yeah, maybe no, it was before? Absolutely. And does I don't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it doesn't no, it does. Matter. I,
1: th- I think it does, and I think it, it goes even deeper than that. I think it. Re- I think it applies to you know professionals, people who've been doing it for a long time. I, I think we lose. We lose a. a, a certain sense of what letter forms are and i i teach at the rca and that we have and thank god we do we've got um a letter press oh great so metal type and there's a wonderful guy Ian gab who runs it and it's one of the most popular things the students do really yeah i mean they absolutely but again you have to pick up each letter and you have to place it in its in its uh, receptacle, and you know, so that so it's forcing you to think about lettering in a, in a different way. Yeah. If you only view lettering as as a two D phenomenon, then that's fine. You can do some interesting things, but actually, these letters, th- 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 there's more to them than th- than that. Yeah. And there's a sense in which we've lost, and I think it's it's, it's not just the visual thing; it's the it's the using your hand. I think, you know, w- w- when we abandoned the the old manual way of working and I you know I I would never go back to that I never want to go back to that but <laughs> you know there was there was something that hand and I you thought you had to think more deeply about it.
0: Yeah and what? of course if you you know if you go wrong it's so bad. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> with, no absolutely with typesetting yeah. or or or, or letter set imagine yeah. just getting something wrong and yeah. you're like no <laughs> I, I, I know I know that, Whereas, that kind of yeah. idea apart from if your hard drive you know breaks yeah. that kind of element of risk now doesn't seem it's to as be yeah. it's on the cloud anyway yeah. you know it's kind of Some, it's not somebody the somebody somebody
1: i interviewed for the book said there's no with letter set there was no command z no you, know, you couldn't undo you know you, Terrifying. yeah so everything but i think <laughs> i think and I, i'm not a Luddite, you know i i that's it's, that world is gone um, but I, I, there is something in the kind of manual application of 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 design. If you think of all the kind of, you know, the fantastic mid-century designers that Paul Rand and all those people, that was all manual work. We look mm. at it now and we just think it's fantastic, but it was all done manually.
0: I can't get my head around yeah, that. I know, I know. I can't really get my head around a lot of things from the olden days. Yeah,
1: I know what. <laughs> The
0: olden days. Yeah. You know, like how they built buildings or made pyramids yeah, or literally anything. Yeah. But they but, did. The, but, key,
1: the key is they
0: did. I know. And but and, Yeah, exactly. And you have to just accept that it happened. Yeah. But the idea that people made magazines without computers yeah. blows my mind and always will. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and, and made bloody good. Maybe even better. Maybe made. better. Maybe better. Yeah. So, again, Very interesting. I, you know, I don't want to go back, but that we've lost something we've definitely lost something and it's mm. interesting i see it in the students you know this interest in letterpress and it's one of the most popular courses that you can do is is you know it's always oversubscribed and it's just because you get your hands dirty and you yeah. have to use your hand and eye and brain and make those things work.
0: And there's that all important, satisfying reveal. Yeah. I imagine yes, that's kind of, yes. with screen printing, that's always yeah, the it? because yeah. it's, it's the peel back. It's yeah. the kind of, yeah. no, the final really reveal.
1: That's really important. Which and, you just... and, and you don't get that on the screen because of WYSIWYG. Everything, you see everything as it happens. Mm. So there's no surprises. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
0: Very interesting. So uh, before we wrap up, mm. I suppose a bit more information about the book. Oh, if yeah, anyone yeah. who's enjoyed that conversation and wants to know, <laughs> because there is, oh, there's probably infinite. Yeah, uh, anecdotes I, I, I and, and things available on yeah, this topic.
1: I think we've I think we've pretty much covered everything. There was just one little quote I wanted to I wanted to give, and that was um the this guy Simon Garfield, who's written this book called Just My Type, and it's um been a phenomenal success. And it's it's he's explaining um he's he's uh, explaining what type and typography is to a non-professional audience, and it's it it, it sold Hundreds, thousands of copies. And and I just found a little quote in there, which I think really kind of maybe sums up better than I've done, what it was all about. And he says, I first used Letraset when editing the school magazine in the 1970s, and buying new sheets was the equivalent of buying a new LP by T-Rex or David Bowie in the 30-year reign of Letraset. Roughly the 60s, 70s and 80s, it was incredibly exciting. And I just think that that kind of pop culture... Ingredient that Letroset was, I mean you you, you could walk down um, in fact the the guys who used to run the old retrosette studio they would come in in the morning and they would list the time the places they 'd seen retroset typefaces shop fronts used them because shop fronts the the fascias on shop fronts mm. they weren 't done by they were rarely done by graphic designers they were done by sign makers, so the sign makers thought instead of painting the things I, I can get a sheet at set so in this in the when it in the 60s and 70s it was ubiquitous i mean it was just absolutely everywhere so the the book is kind of an attempt to tell the story from this dreadful beginning of wet wet transfer <laughs> all the way through to what i mentioned earlier these this guy we find on slanted who's using it today mm-hmm. and he's a temporary hip cool designer but actually he's using rub down letterforms and the book is a kind of, I've interviewed some really interesting people. One of the, actually just briefly mention one of the very important people I interviewed. I, I, I talked earlier about the, um, this art of cutting the letters Yes. Uh, in, in film, in red rubelith, rubelith film. And one of the people who did that was a, a wonderful woman called Frida, Frida Sack. And Frida fortunately died the other day, oh. um, which is very sad. Uh, but she was an absolute genius at that hand cutting of, of, of letters. And um, I, I interviewed her and in the interviews in the book, it's, it's a really great interview. She talks very sensitively about this whole question of integrity, making sure that the, the letter forms that they transferred from classic typefaces were done perfectly. Um, and who else did I interview? Um, Malcolm Garrett, um, Dan Rattigan. So there's some really good, Andy Stevens. Mm. Um, so there's some really good interviews um, we've also, there's a timeline showing the kind of development from start to finish. Um, and I, I interviewed two great guys. Um, they they really actually brought us the, the the idea of doing a letter set book. Um, Colin Brignall and Dave Ferry. And Colin Brignall was one of them, was the chief typeface designer for letter set for a long time. Uh, and they they're both kind of in a way the keepers of the flame. They sort of... Um, you know, keep the keep the fire burning for Letraset. Is, so they were great. So anybody interested in the Letraset story, uh, I would hope they'd be interested in the book. And you can get it from the unit editions website. And as I said at the beginning, it's available. We're doing a celebratory um, 10th birthday special price. So
0: Excellent. go and have a look. It really is a beautiful book. I have to say it made me just desperately want to get my hands on some Letraset. <laughs> So I might have to go and have a little dabble on eBay later, see what I can get my hands on. But thank you, Adrian. That was fascinating.
1: Uh, Absolute pleasure. And um, thank you for good questions.
0: No worries. Bye-bye. Bye.